So now, uh, good morning to everybody. Um, God bless you and uh, praise be to Jesus Christ. By his holy cross, he has redeemed the world. So now we're about to enter into Holy Thursday and there are different parts to Holy Thursday. Um, you could participate in any one of them. One of the beautiful things about Holy Week is we're given multiple opportunities into uh, participating in the passion of Christ. Okay. And that's beautiful. One of the things we're going to have to remember about it is one, it is all about Christ and we are members of Christ's mystical body. Each one of us has a purpose. Not one single one of us is insignificant but we're all called to do different things. Every single one of us. We're all, the one important thing, from the newborn babe to the Pope to even the, you know, the haphazard Christian, the half-assed Christian, the indifferent Christian, we're all called to be saints. And what does it mean to be a saint? It means to have a true relationship with Christ. A saint is someone who loves God, loves Jesus Christ intimately, passionately. All right. In, in, in the most intimate manner, just as like equal to that of the love between a husband and a wife. Okay. The love between us and God is passionate, is intimate, and none of us are the same. Every single one of us is different. God has a true unique relationship with all his children, and each one of us is different. Even the half-ass, indifferent, cold-hearted Christian he has a relationship with. The sinner he has a relationship with. He's calling that person Back. He's calling that person to salvation. He's calling that individual man and woman who's so mired and absolutely stinks with sin. He's calling that person to repentance. That's what he's doing. He's calling that individual to repent. It's it's a it's a difficult relationship, but it's a relationship. He has not he has not turned his back on those people. They themselves have shut their ears up and they're in love with sin. To be in love with sin is adultery. To be in love with sin is idolatry. To be love in sin is to be love, to be in love with your own self-destruction. You're hurting yourself, just like the, the drug addict is hurting himself. The, the alcoholic is hurting himself, you know, herself. Just like the person, um, you know, basically every single one, every single one of us, when we're in love with sin, we're hurting ourselves. We're damaging ourselves. And God is standing there waiting like the, like the father and the prodigal son waiting for us to come back waiting for us to wake up. So Holy Week is the 
peak of that passion, the peak of that love. He goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he begins to pray and to cry and to suffer and to sweat blood. And he and he does it. He does it for us. He does it for us. It's difficult, but he does it for us. All right, let's begin. Holy Thursday, April 6th, prayer for the morning. There was in him not no stately being to make us look at him. No appearance that would attract us to him. Isaiah 53 verse 2. Come, let us adore. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am the Lord, the living one. As I lay down my life alone, I'll take it up when death's undone. When Christ not bound to suffer so, before his glory was revealed, his chastisement has made us whole, and by his scourging we are healed. God's will it was that Christ be bruised, his life a sacrifice unstained. May he who bears such a glorious wounds guard and preserve us as he reigns. Baptized into this death of his, we also hope to live in him. If we endure, his reign is ours. Upon his cross is nailed our sin. This was a hymn, glory to these forty days. Psalm 38. little introductory here. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. Isaiah 53, verse 6. The redeeming love of the Savior bore on our behalf the crushing burden of our sins. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hands, your hand has come upon, has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is weighed too heavy to bear. My wounds are foul and festering the result of my own folly. I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fear, with, with fever. All my body is sick, spent and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs, 
my strength is spent. The very, the very light has gone from my eyes. My friends avoid me like a leper. Those closest to me stand far off. Those who plot against my life lay snares. Those who seek my ruin speak of harm. Planning treachery all day long. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. I am like I am like a man who who hears nothing, and whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord, who will answer. I pray, do not do not let them mock me. Those who triumph, if my foot should slip. For I am on the point of falling, and my pain is always before me. I confess that I am guilty, and my sin fills me with debt with dismay. My wanton enemies are numberless, and my lying foes are many. They repay me evil for good, and attack me for, see for seeking what is right. O Lord, do not forsake me. My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste and come to my help, O Lord my God, my Savior. Glory to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Reading from the Book of Lamentations, this is by uh, Jeremiah, chapter 3, verse 1 to 6. I am a man who knows affliction from the rod of his anger, on whom he has led and forced to walk, to walk in darkness, not in the light. Against me alone he brings back his hand again and again all day. He has worn away my flesh and my skin. He has broken my bones. He has beset me round about with, with poverty and weariness. He has left me to dwell in the darkness like those long dead. And one more time. I am a man who knows affliction from the rod of his anger, one whom he has led and forced to walk in darkness, in the, not in the light. Against me alone he brings back his hand again and again all, all the day. He has worn away my flesh and my skin. He has broken my bones. He has beset me about around about with poverty and weariness. He has left me to dwell in the dark like those long dead. It was for our infirmities that he bore, our suffering that he endured. Isaiah 53, verse 4. The Prayer of Zechariah. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come to his people and set them free. He has raised up for us a mighty Savior, born of the house of his servant David. Through his holy prophets, he promised of old that he would save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us. He promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. This was the oath he swore to our father Abraham, to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship him without fear, holy and righteous in his sight all the days of our life. 
You, my child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the, tender, in the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us to shine on those who dwell in darkness and the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. So now we move to the readings that are with the Chrism Mass. Uh, if any of you are not familiar, um, or I've actually, I don't think I've ever been to one, but this is for the usually the priests and the bishops. Uh, the blessing of the oil of the sick and, and of the oil of the catechumens and the consecration of the chrism are carried out by the bishop according to the rite described in the Roman pontifical. Usually on this day at a proper mass to be celebrated during the morning, if, however, it is very difficult for the clergy and the people to gather with the bishop on this day. The chrism mass may be anticipated on another day, but, but, but near to Easter. This mass, which the bishop concelebrates uh, uh, with his presbyterates, uh, as is, of course, the, meaning the priests, should be, as it were, a manifestation of the priest's communion with their bishop. Accordingly, it is ascribed that all the priests participated in, insofar as it is possible, and during during the during the, the celebration received communion even under both kinds of uh, that is uh, bread and wine, to signify the unity of the of the priests of the diocese. The priests who can celebrate with the bishop should be from different regions of the diocese in accord with the traditional practice the blessing of the oil of the sick takes place before the end of the eucharistic prayer but the blessing of the oil of the catechumen and the consecration of the chrism take place after communion nevertheless for the pastoral reason it is permitted for the entire rite of blessing to take place after the liturgy of the word so this is the holy oil that's used um, and basically the holy oil I, I remember hearing is the oil that's used to bless a church all all parts of the church that is quarters a certain number has to be and then there's the um, the oil of course that's used for they use it for um, I think exorcism it's used also for the for the for the baptism during the baptism it's the oil used for anointing of the sick, and it's the oil that's used for um, uh, for consecration of holy objects. All right, so let's begin in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ has made us into a kingdom of priests for, for his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Rebel, this is an entrance antipod from Revelation chapter 1 verse 6. Alright, this is now from Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 3, 6 and 8 to 9. The Spirit of the Lord God, the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the lowly, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, 
and release to the prisoner to the prisoners to announce a year of favor from the Lord and the day of vindication by our God to comfort all who mourn to place on those who mourn in Zion a didium instead of ashes to give them oil of gladness in the place of mourning a glorious mantle instead of a listless spirit you yourselves shall be named priests of the Lord ministers of our God shall be you shall be called I will give them their recompense faithfully a lasting covenant I will make with them their descendants shall be renowned among the nations and their offspring among the peoples all who see them shall acknowledge them as a race of the Lord the Lord has blessed the word of the Lord thanks be to God Psalm 89 forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord I have found David my servant with my holy oil I have anointed him that my hand may always be with him that my arm may make him strong my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him and and through my and through my name shall his horn be exalted he shall say of me you are my father my god the rock my savior forever i will sing the goodness of the lord all right the next one here is a reading from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. Grace to you and peace from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who live, who loves us and has freed us from our sins, by his blood, who has made us into a kingdom of priests, for his God and Father, to him be glory, power forever and ever. Amen. Behold, he's coming amid the clouds and every eye will see him even those who pierced him all the peoples of the earth shall lament him yes amen i am the alpha and the omega says the lord god the one who is and who was and who is to come the almighty the word of the lord okay this one here is the verse before the gospel the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has sent me uh, to bring gl glad tidings to the poor. Okay. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had grown up, and went according to his custom into the synagogue. On the Sabbath day, he stood up to read, and has and was handed a scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled it and the scroll at the scroll and found the passage where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the, to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Rolling up the scroll, he handed it back to the attendant and sat down, and the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. He said to them, Today this scripture passage is, is fulfilled in your hearing, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm a convert to Catholicism, and I'm a convert... Um, 
from Islam. I was never a practicing Muslim, but I came from a, a, a mixed marriage background. But my father never taught me or sent me to, to learn the Quran or um, Muslim religion. He was never a practicing man. Uh, he himself grew up, and I'm sure, you know, yes, he was taught the religion, but he, you know, you can say he just, he was a cultural Muslim. But someone who's a convert, uh, I can say this from a different perspective. Yes, I am in love with Christ. I'm in love with the church. I'm in love with the gospel. I'm in love with, with what Christ gave us. And I would, I honestly have to say this, that the priesthood, especially for, I think, young men, and I'm not a priest. I, I have to say with all honesty, if I knew in my heart what God, Christ was calling me to become a priest, I would become a priest. But I'm not being called to be a priest. I don't think there should be altar girls, servers. I don't think there should be female lectors. And no, I most definitely believe that there should not be female deacons. I think that in especially what's going on now with everything that's happening around us with this woke revolution, which uh, this transgenderism, this revolution of, of LGBTQ, it's a terrible idea. Even for some bishops to think that they can have female priesthood because as someone who converted to Catholicism, I I have a particular fascination. Uh, even what's going on in other churches, like the Church of England, for example. Now that I've been listening to Calvin Robinson and everything, seeing what happened to the Church of England, seeing how it's destroyed itself, there seems to be a fascination for revolutionaries to destroy the establishment. There seems to be a self-destructive uh, flirtation for some reason. They think that because it's a Catholic church, a Catholic church can get it right, where like other churches, like the Church of England, the Methodists, you know, that Christ gave us the church and we can do whatever we want, we want to do with it, that we won't get it wrong. You know, we'll get it right. No, you won't. And I don't believe Christ is going to let you get away with it. I truly believe that Christ established the Catholic Church. And I truly believe that he is alive, truly alive, and I truly believe this with all my heart. I don't believe he's going to let anyone get away with anything. I don't think he's going to let the revolutionaries get away with it. He'll let you get close, but he's not going to let you get away with it. 
since my conversion in 1997, I've noticed lately, in the last year or so and more, that my faith in Jesus Christ has grown more. And my faith in the Catholic Church has grown a lot more. I believe that Christ dude, did establish it. I believe that he, Christ is alive. Not just here. Yes, I do believe he's alive within Catholicism. I believe he's alive within the apostolic, Eastern Apostolic Church, the Orthodox and the those who are in union with Rome. And I believe, you know, I can lately... Christ has been opening my eyes even to look at Protestants, Orthodox Protestants. His presence to me, his glory and his love and his mercy, he has been revealing this, opening my eyes to it, to, to his presence, to his grace. And, you know, I've been noticing his presence more especially the power of of his glory and love in the liturgy and in the priesthood and i'm very i'm very thankful i'm very thankful to him i'm very grateful that he's been doing this that he's been taking me by the hand my mom and i have been reading the magnificat every day lately for the last few months and I'm so thankful for it. I really am. I'm thankful for it. You know, <clears throat> I haven't looked too much in the the uh the trad, uh, the traditional Latin mass lately, you know, you know, I haven't yet gone there, but maybe in time the Lord will guide me there. And I and and uh but I'm thankful right now what he's been doing because the liturgy of the word the gospel readings, the the cycles, he he's been opening our eyes to salvation history through this, and I am appreciative. I'm thankful that he has that he has led me to the to the Catholic faith. I pray that he leads my brother, Tarek, and that Tarek, you know, will will share this joy. My brother Tarek, he's not Catholic yet, but I'm praying for him to be Catholic. Thank you, Lord, for this. Thank you for the Catholic Church. Thank you for the priesthood. Thank you for the sacraments. Thank you for the salvation you've given us. We're going to go into the uh, the readings for the um, Thursday, Thursday night. Okay, I want to skip all this other stuff about the, um, uh, you know, uh, for the Chrism Mass. I'm just going to go into the Thursday. All right, the Sacred Paschal, Paschal Tridium, Thursday of the Lord's Supper, Evening Mass. <coughs> The evening mass for the Lord's Supper commemorates the institution of the Holy Eucharist and the sacrament of the Holy Orders. It was at this mass that Jesus changed the bread and wine into his body and blood. Here then directed his disciples to carry out the same ritual. Do this in remembrance of me. 
Okay, this is the entrance antiphon. It's from Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 to 14. We should glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom is our salvation and resurrection, through whom we are saved and delivered. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do. Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrielisyon, 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 Christeelisyon, 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 Kyrielisyon, Kyrielisyon, Kyrielisyon. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take, you take, away, the, uh, you take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in the glory of God the Father, Amen. O oh God, who have called us to participate in this most sacred supper, in which your only begotten Son, when about, when about to hand himself over to death, entrusted to the church a sacrifice new, new for all eternity, in a banquet of his, of his love, grant, we pray, that we may draw from so great a mystery the fullness of charity and of life through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Okay, the th first reading for the th Thursday of the Lord's Supper is from Exodus chapter 12, verse 1 to 8, 11 to 14. For the protection of the Jewish people, strict religious and dietary instructions are given to Moses by God. The law of the Passover meal requires that the doorposts, lintels of each house's house be marked with the blood of the sacrificial animals, so that the Lord can be can go through the land of Egypt, striking down every firstborn of the land, both man and beast. A reading from the book of Exodus. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, in the land of Egypt, this month shall stand at the head of your calendar. You shall reckon it the first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel, on the tenth of this month, the tenth of this month, every one of your families must procure for itself a lamb, one apiece for each household. If a family is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join the nearest household in procuring one 
and shall share in the lamb in proportion to the number of persons who partake of it. The lamb must be a year old, male and without blemish. You shall take it from either the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it into the fourteenth day of this month, and then with the whole assembly of Israel present it. You shall be, it, it shall be slaughtered during the evening twilight. They shall take some of its blood and apply it to the doorposts door and the lintels of every house in which they partake of the lamb. That same night they shall eat its roasted flesh with unleavened bread and with, with bitter herbs. This is how you are to eat it, with your loins girt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in hand. You shall eat it like those who are in flight. It is the Passover of the Lord. For on this same night I will go through Egypt, striking down every firstborn of the land, both man and beast, and executing judgment on all the gods of Egypt. I, the Lord, but the blood will mark the, mark the houses where you are. Seeing the blood, I will pass over you. Thus, when I strike the land of Egypt, no destructive blow will come upon you. This day shall be a memorial feast for you, which all your generations shall celebrate with pilgrimage to the Lord as a perpetual institution. The word of the Lord. Thanks be for God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Psalm 116, the responsorial psalm, and the response is, Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. How shall I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? The cup of salvation I will take up, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. To you will, will I offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of his people. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Okay, one more time. How shall I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? The cup of salvation I will take up, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of his faithful ones. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid, for you have loosed my bonds. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. To you will I offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of his people. 
Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Our blessing cup is a communion with the blood of Christ. Second reading is from the letter, first letter of St. Paul uh, to the Corinthians. Okay. Uh, Paul recounts the events of the Last Supper which were handed down to him. The changing of bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ proclaimed again his death. It was to be a sacrificial meal. Okay, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 to 26 by St. Paul. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night he was handed over took bread, and after he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, and this is for you, that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, also the cup, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, one more time. I received from the Lord... But I also handed on to you that the Lord Jesus on the night he was handed over took bread and after he had given thanks broke it and said this is my body that is for you do this remembrance of me in the same way also the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me, for as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the death of the Lord until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, the verse before the gospel is from uh, the gospel of John, chapter 13 to 34. Salvation, glory, and power to the Lord Jesus Christ. I give you a new commandment, says the Lord. Love one another as I have loved you. The salvation, glory, and power to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, this is a little uh, note here before the reading. Jesus washes the feet of his disciples to prove to them his sincere love and great humility, which they should imitate. He teaches them that although free from sin and not unworthy to receive his most his holy body and blood, they should be purified of evil inclinations. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. It's uh, chapter 13, verse 1 to 15. Glory to you, Lord. Before the feast of Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to pass from this world to the Father. He loved his own in the world and he loved them till the end. The devil had already induced Judas, son of Simon, the Iscariot, to hand him over. So during su supper, fully aware that the Father had put everything into his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God, he rose from supper, took off his outer garments, he took a towel, tied it around his waist, then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet 
and dry them with the towel around his waist. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will understand later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, Unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. Simon Peter said to him, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and, and head as well. Jesus said to him, Whoever has bathed has no need except to have his feet washed, for he is clean all over. So you are clean, but not all, for he knew who would betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. So when he had washed their feet and put his garments back on and reclined at table again, he said to them, Do you realize what I have done for you? You call me teacher and master, and rightly so, for indeed I am. If I therefore, the master and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. I have given you a model to follow, so that as I have so as I have done for you, you should also do the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so I will do the um, the antiphons for the washing of the feet. I guess I'll read them. Uh, the words, this is from, the first one is from John chapter 13, verse 4 to 5 and 15. After the Lord has risen from supper, he poured water into a basin and began to wa wash the feet of his disciples. He left them this example. Antiphon 2 from Gospel John, chapter 13, 12, 13, 15. The Lord Jesus, after eating supper with his disciples, washed their feet and said to them, Do you know that what I, have, what I your Lord and Master, have done for you? I have given you an example that you should be likewise. Antiphon thir 3 from uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 13, verse 6, 7, and 8. Lord, are you to wash my feet? Jesus said to him in answer, If I do not wash your feet, you will have no share with me. So he came to Simon Peter, and, and Peter said to him, Lord, what I am doing, you do not know for, you do not know for now, but later you will come to know. Lord, are you to wash my feet? Jesus said to him in answer, If I do not wash your feet, you have no share with me. Antiphon 4, Gospel John thirteen fourteen. If I, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, how much more should you wash each other's feet? Antiphon 5, John chapter 13, verse 35. This is how... All will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus said to his disciples, This is how, how, how all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Antiphon 6, chapter 13, 34. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you, says the Lord. Antiphon 6. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Let faith, hope, and charity, these three remain among you, but the greatest of these is charity. Now faith, hope, and charity, these three remain, but the greatest of these is charity. Let, let faith, hope, and charity, these three remain with you. Okay. Um... That that was that was all from the Gospel of John, and that was that was fantastic, and it's beautiful. And um, I know I didn't uh, I've attended those those particular um, services, and I went to uh, I went to the th Thursday night one. It was it wasn't long. I mean, you know, they're you know they're cutting back a little bit, I guess, you know, in a sense. But really, the washing of the feet is usually for the new seminarians, those who are or the ones who are about to become priests. It was never really meant to be for it was meant to be for the priest, the, the bishop and his priests. Back in earlier days, I know before Vatican II. And before um, the 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 revision of the new mass, the the Novosordo, Annabel Benini, the one who wrote this, um, I think he was wrong. I don't think he was right to do it. Where it was spread out for um, to lay people, it should be just for the young men to become priests. I think much of what happened in Vatican II has done great damage to the priesthood. I think this whole thing of inclusiveness and uh universal you know universalism to um this whole I thought about equity and equality has done has blurred the line. Has blurred the line. It has fed uh I think an ego of uh revolutionaries and Marxism. I think a lot of the Marxist revolutionary attitude crept into the church into and a lot of it i think made its way through the novus ordo in some cases because it blurred the line it blurred the line exactly what the priesthood was for the priesthood is for young men and i think this all attack against masculinity and manhood i think has crept into a lot of revolution i mean I mean, take a look at Father Reese, Father Reese's uh, from 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 the Jesuits, Father James Martin's fellow Jesuit. I mean, look at him; he's all revolutionary. He doesn't, you know, he he's so into it that he 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 can't even see. He's so blinded. They they think. They think they can achieve this. They think by piggybacking the church and they they look at the church from a secular humanist perspective. There's nothing sacred. They don't look at the family as sacred. They don't look at men and women as sacred. They don't look at gender as sacred. They have gone, they have drank the Kool-Aid, the devil's Kool-Aid, a lot of people. And they have gone so far 
that they cannot, they don't even know the truth. They can't see the forest from the trees anymore. Any revolutionary thing, anything that's against the establishment, they will attack it. They're like a wild animal that got his leg caught in a trap and they're just, they, they, they'll chew that off if they have to. Christ established the priesthood. The washing of the feet was washing the, the, the same ceremonial method that they use in the priests in the temple. Moses washed the feet of his of Aaron and his and his sons and established the old covenant priesthood. Jesus, the new high priest, the true high priest, came and washed the feet of his twelve apostles in a simple upper room. Because the old rite, the old sacrifice couldn't continue. Christ was going to be the new sacrifice. And much of the much of it follows Jesus' own his own teaching. Come and follow me. Right? To follow him, you have to walk in the way. How, look at the words he's taught. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the new temple. The first courtyard is called the way. The second is called the truth. And the third is called the life. Jesus has has all the Trinity in him. The Father, he the Father, he, he is one with the Father. He is the person of the Son. And he has and in him he has the power of the Holy Spirit. The apostles have to have their feet washed because you walk by your will. Your will is your feet. Intellectually and willingly, and the intentions. You have to walk in the way and therefore you have to be clean of sin. Your conscience has to be clean. Your conscience has to be aware. You have to confess your sins so you can walk and serve the Lord. All of us have to because we're all of the way. We all walk in, in Christ and we have to be aware of sin. The priesthood should not be extended to female deacons or women no you'll just let me tell you something you will destroy the catholic church there'll be a schism christ won't allow it to be destroyed but you'll definitely destroy the novus ordo that you will definitely that's why i think with all honesty pope francis is wrong doing what he's doing i'm going to say it i think he's wrong attacking the trinitine mass i think as the as the world becomes more and more liberal the Holy Spirit will push everybody because they haven't thought about this. What if you're making war against God? What if you're making war against the Holy Spirit? Look how look what's happening around the country. Look what's happening all over the world, for that matter. And you noticed now even in Israel during Holy Week, there's fights between the Palestinians and the Israelis. Uh, the transgender movement is a cult, and this is this is the fault of the liberals and the progressives. They think they can control it. They can't control it. It's a hydra. You cut one head, two more heads will grow. I, they can't control it. They think they can. These young people have gone out of control. 
There is such a big void in their heart, a big darkness. They need to fill it with anything. And every single one of these old revolutionaries doesn't understand it. They're blinded. They can't admit that they're wrong. They can't admit that they're wrong. These kids are seriously demonically possessed. They need help. And we, as devout Catholics, have to open our, our eyes and realize, let God open our eyes for us and let God be the judge. Let's stop thinking we can do this on our own, that we can, that we have to, we have to, we can't be kind to them. We have to tell them the truth. We can't also think we can't get involved in politics. Being alive is a political, breathing is political. Believing in God, believing in Christ is political. Being a Catholic, a Christian is political. Being a husband and wife is political. Being a man and a woman is political. Being a father and mother is political. Being a newborn babe is political. Getting pregnant is political. Getting up in the morning and saying your prayers and walking out of the house and going to work is political. Your presence in the world is political. By the will of God, it is political. It's a statement. We can't, we, we can't go on with this whole thing that we can separate our faith from the world and think that we're going to be okay. Just mind our business and it'll just, the storm will pass. It will not pass. It hasn't passed. Okay, it hasn't passed. We got to stop this nonsense and think that just playing by the rules will be okay. It's no longer like that anymore. It can't be like that anymore. And being a, a, just a good Catholic is not good enough anymore. All right? And just standing by, much of our clerics are leftovers from the 60s and 70s, and they don't know what they're doing anymore. They don't listen to the younger people. They don't, they don't, they don't, they're detached. They're, they're stuck in time in the past. They're stuck in a, an era and they're not, they're, they're not grounded in the orthodoxy of the church. Sorry, it doesn't work that way anymore. You can't, you can't play this. All right, let's move on from here. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages. God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. 
and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Saint Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.